Welcome home. I'm Dr. Tama, a minister, licensed psychologist, and sacred artist. And this is Homecoming, a podcast to facilitate your journey home to yourself. While I will provide weekly inspiration and mental health tips, this podcast is not a substitute for therapy. I'm so excited you're on the journey. If you want to request specific topics or share your progress, email me at homecomingpodcasts at gmail.com. Also, after you listen, be sure to like, subscribe, and share. Let's begin. Who lied? Aja Janae. Who gave you a detailed description of who and what your place is in this life? Who lied to you and told you you weren't anything? Yeah. See, it's a new time and a new story, a new light, a new glory. You don't know what God got in store for you. He made you in his image and his likeliness. You can't for sure achieve anything your heart sings. See, all you got to do is change the story. You are almighty and magnificent, heaven sent and heaven meant and angelic choirs hum your name as you walk down the street of destiny. (laughs) You are, you are a king. You are a queen. Who told you? Who lied, who lied, who lied, who lied, who told you? You are first rate, grade A, blessed and beautiful. Your smile radiates joy and it lightens those around you. You spread out peace and happiness so happiness surrounds you. God didn't make no mistakes when you were created. He gave you authority and a testimony. You made it in. And if you're ever going through a hard time, and if you don't know why, 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 just know that God's glow is shining bright all through your life. He's molding you, taking you higher, creating you into the soldier that you were meant to be. It's you. It's you. There's a plan, there's a plan, there's a plan, there's a plan for you, you. There's a plan, there's a plan for you, for you. So don't be afraid. God got your back. Believe that you are bad. I mean, bad. Michael Jackson, Thriller, Barack Obama. Yes, I can. James Brown, super bad, bad in the Holy Ghost. So no matter what the test, you deliver God's best. And that's why, that's why, that's why, that's why. That's why you are blessed. Who told you? Who lied, who lied, who lied and told you that you weren't meant for greatness? Who lied, who lied, who lied, who lied? Wow. Thank you so much, Asia, for sharing your voice and your gifts and your light with us on today. I want you all to know that Asia, our spoken word artist, is multi-gifted. She is also our sound engineer, an activist, a spoken word artist, a vocalist, a dancer, and uh, I am so appreciative that she was willing to start us off this week with her piece, Who Lied? And it is so important as we continue the journey home, that we pierce through, that we break through 
the lies that have been told about us, about who we are. And we want to focus on today, our topic is rising, resting, recovering from racism. Rising, resting, recovering from racism. We are living in a time when those who were asleep have been awakened and those who have had to live the reality of racism have already been walking this journey of awareness. But it is important as we think about the impact of racism that we consider not only the political or the economic, the social cost, but also emotionally and spiritually, there is an impact. And for us to be intentional about resting and recovering and rising from the wounds of racism. When we have not done this work, racism can keep us disconnected from ourselves. Racism can keep us in a place of fear. It can keep us in a place of depression. It can keep us in a place of hopelessness, distrust, and distress. It can keep us really in a place of rage. When we see injustice happening, it can take our breath, our spirit, our motivation, our energy. It has even taken dreams, visions, hope. And I am appreciative of each of you who have joined us on this journey home to ourselves about the commitment we have to dismantling not only the things within us that block our journey home, but the systems and structures around us that by design keep us disconnected from ourselves. And so as you see, the footage, as you see, the news and the videos, and for many of you, as you see it firsthand, in person, in your life, the life of your families, and in your communities, we are very much aware of racism wreaking havoc on our society, and not only nationally, but globally. And so, on the journey back home to myself, I make a decision. I make a decision to reject the lies that have been told to me about my worth, about my value, about my possibility, recognizing that a number of those lies may come from family members. A number of those lies have come from perpetrators of trauma, interpersonal violence. And a number of those lies 
are rooted in oppression. And on today, we focus on the oppression of racism. And I invite you now to be honest with yourself about the ways that you have been affected, the ways your thinking and your heart space and your energy and perhaps even your physical health and your spirituality have been affected by racism. I invite you to think about the financial cost, the political costs, the social costs of racism. I invite you to be honest with yourself about what you have been feeling, even if those feelings have felt like a numbness or a checking out or just being exhausted and having nothing left to give. That fatigue can be an impact of racial terror and trauma. Because physiologically and psychologically, we were not created to live in a place of constant hypervigilance, constantly being on guard and waiting and anticipating and seeing the continuous cycle of racial trauma and terror. So I invite you into this space where we can tell the truth. I invite you into this space where you can feel what you feel. I invite you into this space where if there are tears rising, they can come. If there is rage in your belly, in your head, in your hands, in your feet, that we can acknowledge that. If there is sorrow in your heart about the realities of what we see, there is space for that. If you have found yourself irritated, irritated and on edge with everyone and everything, that is also understandable. And even when we don't, want to stay in these states, we start from a place of acknowledging and showing ourselves compassion for what we feel. Even when we think about some of the symptoms connected to or defining post-traumatic stress uh, that some of us have begun to avoid people and things that remind us of racism, racial trauma, and terror. And that may mean turning away from environments or people or triggers. Not only is there avoidance, uh, but some of us have been in this place of hypervigilance and trying to always be ready for the next thing someone might say or do because it is a painful part of racism when we are caught off guard, as we often are, thinking you are in a place of safety or talking to someone who is safe, and then racism is exposed. 
in all of these diverse places and ways. And so you may find yourself being vigilant and cautious and having difficulty trusting people. Not only do we have avoidance and not only do we have vigilance and hypervigilance, but some of us also deal with intrusive thoughts. So not wanting to think about all that is happening, but it continues to show up, showing up in your daydreaming, showing up in your sleep and nightmares, showing up uh, in your Instagram feed or your Twitter feed, showing up perpetually. And so having uh, the challenge that the pervasiveness of racism makes it such that we can't uh, just turn it off. And wouldn't that be something uh, if it could be turned off? Uh, and yet we are living in a time and a space, and our foreparents lived in a time and a space where uh, racism is very evident. And I want you to know that while racism affects us and impacts us and writes on the pages of our lives, I want you to know that we too have a pen and we also have agency, the capacity to write into our lives some wellness, to write into our lives some collective support to write into our lives, our significance, our names, our spirits. So I invite you now to take breath with me and with our other co-journers. Many of us live from a place of holding our breath, being a trauma survivor of multiple traumas, we may be very rigid in our bodies. And so I invite you now to take breath. I invite you now to consider movement in your body, whether that is bending over and holding on to the ground, placing your hands on the ground or the earth, stretching up and lifting your hands to the skies, to the heavens, whether that is embracing and hugging yourself, whether that is resting your face in the palms of your hands, whether that is shaking your hands, releasing the energy that has been stored there or whether that is rolling your shoulders back and releasing the stress and strain that you have been carrying on your back. I invite you into this space as we talk about some ways for us to take care of ourselves, to heal, to heal from the ongoing reality of racism. And I need to say at this point, that when we talk about healing from racism, it's a different 
concept than healing from a lot of other things. Because most other things, when we talk about healing, it is in the aftermath. It is when it's over, right? So, you know, you were in an abusive relationship and you escaped. And now we talk about healing. You grew up with child abuse and now you're no longer with the abuser and you're healing. Uh, You were at your school or in your community when there was a shooting and the shooting is over and now you're healing. So we talk about the aftermath. You had the traumatic loss of a loved one who died suddenly and now you're working on healing. Well, when we talk about racism, it has not ended. And so there is a continuity in the trauma. There's a continuous nature of the trauma. And so needing to rest and recover and engage, because as we keep living, unfortunately, there continue to be encounters. And so I make my wellness and my homecoming a continuous process. It cannot be a one-time event, right? It is not one day of going to a wellness workshop or going to one dance class or saying one prayer or writing in my journal one time. The racism is ongoing and my wellness and healing commitments need to be ongoing in order for me to have some wellness in my life. I need to fill my cup. I need to wash away and cleanse myself of the lies, the ideologies, the systems that are placed on me that people and institutions try to hand me daily. And I daily have to make the decision of what I will digest, of what I will hold on to, what I will reject, what I will resist, what I will release. Ah, It is an ongoing process. So sometimes when people come into therapy, they want to know, how many weeks is this going to take, right? How many sessions is this going to take? We talk about uh, racism. Uh, The racism is not ending. And so I invite you to make a commitment to yourself that on the journey home, the perpetual journey home, that I will daily commit to my healing and restoration to my resistance from those forces that try to line up against me to pollute and contaminate and destroy my mental health and my very life being and the lives of my community. That wellness is a daily walk and I'm glad to be on this journey with you. So one of the ways that we want to think about addressing racism is with community support. It is so important to have people that we can be honest with, that we can be real with, that we can not have to perform or work, but to be in places that inspire, that enliven us, 
that fuel us and feed us, the places where we do not have to mask or perform or even teach. (laughs) It is important uh, for us to have relationships where we can breathe, where we can cry, where we can dance, where we can be silent together with nothing to prove, no argument to win, just sacred presence. And I encourage you to think about who is that for you? And it does not have to be a large number of people. A few will do, one or two will do, but places where you can express and share and grieve and speak truth. There is something very healing about us being able to tell our stories, for us to be able to engage in narrative healing interventions. And so getting with our family and friends, getting with our chosen community, and being able to speak, and also being able to be silent. I invite you to think now, especially in the realm of racism, who are the people that you can talk to? And if you had not have not had those conversations with people, what are the barriers that are either in you or what you have observed in them that makes that feel uh, difficult or insurmountable or worthless? Now, I have some people who are um, solutions-focused people, and they say, well, what is that going to do? Because that's not going to fix racism, so I don't want to talk about it. Well, I want you to know it is not just about fixing systems out there, but it is being well in here, right? So in the meanwhile, as we are working to dismantle and disrupt those systems, that you matter, your heart matters, your grief matters, your anger matters. And so what will it do? It will honor your humanity, that's what it will do. It will shatter shame and silence. That's what it will do. It can help to break you out of isolation and disconnection. That's what it will do. It will allow you to breathe and release the ways in which you have been holding yourself so tightly. It will allow you to not only speak, but to hear and recognize that you are not in it by yourself, that you are not the only one feeling what you're feeling or carrying what you're carrying. So I invite you to consider having an honest conversation with someone this week about the fact that this has been a lot. In addition to our social support and connection, I want to also uh, encourage disconnection from constant triggers. So that means not watching um, all day long those videos of people being killed, right? 
um, of seeing, watching violence and trauma uh, consistently, ongoingly, it has an impact. So it is important for awareness for us to know what is happening, um, but that does not always require watching uh, horrific torture of human beings. So to be mindful about what you are consuming. So we do not choose denial. And we also are tuned into taking our own temperature of what we are taking in. And I say that around protecting mental health, but not protecting denial or comfort or avoidance of truth, right? So I am aware and from my place of awareness, I also determine in what format I am going to consume information. Uh, because for some people, the visuals um, or the audible sound uh, can be particularly traumatizing. So I invite you to consider. And sometimes we don't have a choice, right? Some of us, where we are living, the sights and sounds are constant. But to the degree that you are able to measure that, I would invite you to be thoughtful about your care and your well-being. And then for us to know uh, the realities of internalized racism. Internalized racism will teach you to believe that you are insignificant or unworthy or not brilliant or not beautiful. And so to actively resist believing those lies that our spoken word artist Asia talked about on today, that I consistently and intentionally resist the lies that are being told about my community and about me, that I recognize that we are so much more than what racism has dictated about our identity, that we are so incredibly abundantly more than the narrow boxes that racism attempts to place us in. So we have social support, we have monitoring our intake, we have resisting racism, and we have the important need for self-care and community care. So your rest matters. You taking time to eat matters and what we are eating matters even as we are aware of racism affecting our nutrition in terms of food deserts and what are the healthy foods that are available to us, both geographically and financially. And I want you to know that our bodies are temples. So a way that I resist racism is the care that I give to myself physically, emotionally, seeking out an anti-racist therapist can be a part of my journey back home to myself. And how will I know if they're anti-racist? By asking them, 
by talking with them about how racism is affecting me and how it has to be a part of my wellness and it has to be a part of my healing because to ignore that is to leave a large part of my wound unaddressed. And then we have the important realities of our activism and problem solving. And so working against racism is working for mental health because racism uh, and racist ideologies, institutions, peoples are perpetuating uh, harm and violation. And so wellness means I not only want to learn ways of coping, but I want to learn ways of interrupting, of eradicating, of addressing those realities of racism and oppression. And it also gives us our sense of um, being able to make impact and reclaiming our voice. And then finally, as I am coping with the wounds and healing from the wounds, resisting and resting in the aftermath of being wounded or the ongoing reality of being wounded by racism, it is also our spiritual practice. And so I invite you on today to make some declarations because the power of life and death are in the tongue and we can speak some things. And as we speak them, we had to first think them. And as we think it and as we speak it, and then as we live it, we can have manifestation collectively that it is not on one of us to do alone, but there is a spiritual wounding, a soul wound, some have called it, of racism. And as there is a soul wound, there is also a level of healing on the soul level. And so may we have justice and may we have authentic peace. May we be honored and may we be respected. And may compassion show up in us and around us. And may those who are committed to anti-racism be fortified and strengthened and refueled and cared for and nourished and nurtured and loved in such a radical way that we are able to see the manifestation of what we have hoped for, what we have dreamed of, what we have worked for, for ourselves and for those who come after us. May it be well with us. May it be well with our souls. 
May it be well with our minds. May it be well with our hearts. May it be well in our bodies. May it be well in our families, in our communities, in our legislation, in our art, in our breath, in our lives. From the top of your head to the soles of your feet, may you know such a wellness that racism itself cannot dismantle. I invite your soul to tell your heart, mind, body, and spirit, welcome home. Oh.